You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye, baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Goodbye, baseball! Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, how's it going? Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Hopefully you had a good off day. Mariners back at it tonight. We'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. This is going to be a fun podcast. Luke Arkins, a chance to join us. We've spoken with him in the past and had a chance to sit down in person at Safeco Field. So a fun conversation that comes up in just a few minutes. Something I wanted to play uh, during the All-Star break and didn't get a chance. So something about the All-Star game last year. This is the definitive Nelson Cruz interview about the All-Star game last season. Aaron Goldsmith sitting down with the Mariners' designated hitter. It is a lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. That comes up in a few minutes as well. Also in this podcast, Josh Kearns with another very nice piece. I think you'll enjoy. So that will happen as well all in the next few minutes. But let's first talk about what starts tonight, Mariners and Angels. A's win again last night. They've won six in a row. They continue to roll on the road, 35-21 and 21 on the road. Oakland now 61 and 43. Mariners 61 and 41. The A's just one game back of the Mariners now for second place in the West and for the final wild card spot. The A's start a series with the Rockies this weekend. We'll see. The A's are just crushing the baseball offensively. We'll see what happens when they get to Colorado. Of course, the Mariners saw the Rockies in Colorado. That didn't go well, so Mariners hoping for some help against the Rockies this weekend. Meanwhile, something we should continue to watch, the New York Yankees, uh, 65-36. and 36. They're four and a half back of the leaders, the Boston Red Sox, four and a half up on the wild card. Although they've made some moves to add to their team with Britain, obviously, Hap as well. But some minuses along the way. Sanchez, he's going to be on the DL for a while. Aaron Judge, he's going to be on the DL for a while as well. So some pluses and minuses for the Yankees. We'll see how that shakes out. But both certainly within reach of the Mariners and the Oakland A's for that matter. So things getting very, very interesting in this race. The Red Sox are up four and a half even after losing two in a row in the division. So really Outside of Cleveland, they're up by seven now on Minnesota, although the Twins have won four in a row. So they're trying to make things a little more interesting against Cleveland in the Central. So things getting a little tighter as you look around. Astros start a series with the Texas Rangers tonight. Red Sox will play the Twins. Yankees will take on Kansas City in series coming up all starting tonight. So, with the Mariners, they're going to take on the Angels starting tonight, the first of three. Things didn't go that well last time Mariners were in Anaheim. 
Just a quick three-game road trip. Wade LeBlanc takes the ball in game one of the series. Andrew Heaney will get the ball for the Angels. Felix goes on Saturday. Game one is 7.07 first pitch. Saturday, 6.07. And then on Sunday, 107 first pitch. Marco Gonzalez will get the ball against the Angels. Mariners look for another series win on the road. And then, just a quick trip, it's home right after that for what should be a very entertaining series coming up at home as we get, surprise, shockingly, towards the end of the month. Last two games in the month against the Astros, 7-10 on Monday, 7-10 on Tuesday for an enormous series. And then 110 day baseball on Wednesday next week. And then Blue Jays for four, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all at 710. And then the final game of the homestand, 110 on Sunday against the Blue Jays. And then an enormous road trip. Three against the Rangers, four in Houston, three in Oakland before coming home against the Dodgers and the Astros. So an enormous stretch coming up for the Mariners. Now with a one-game lead for the second wild card on the surging Oakland A's. So here to talk about it and some very interesting insights, Luke Harkins. Well, Luke, this is fun. We've talked so many times in the past, and now we're, we're doing this in person for the first time. It's great to see you. It's great to see you out here at Safeco Field. Yeah, yeah, Gary, it's great to be here. It's what a beautiful day. It's going to be in the 80s. It's uh, sunny. Uh, maybe too many Giants fans here, but otherwise, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a beautiful day, a great day to watch baseball. Well, remind us, where's the best uh, place to find your stuff right now? Uh, well, I'm writing uh, Mariners-centric stuff at prospectinsider.com. And I also cover MLB for Herosports.com. So those are the two spots you can find me. I always enjoy your insights. So look at the American League right now, the landscape of things with the Mariners in the mix, obviously, with Oakland creeping up as well, Yankees, Red Sox, Cleveland. What, what's your big picture take on the American League right now? Well, you have your, your your upper three teams. You have the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros, who seem destined. And oh, I guess you could consider the Indians that, too, because of the division uh, is so weak in the American League Central. And then you have a couple of teams, the A's and the, and the Mariners, uh, fighting for that wild card spot. And uh, I still think the Twins could get back into it if, uh, if they could just hold it together a little while. They've actually been doing better lately, and Urban Santana will be – uh, taking him out for the first time this season tonight, and so if he comes around, and the Twins had a, they had a, they made a big search last year, and that's how they won the wild card last year. Uh, but really, at this point, it's the it's the, the A's and the uh, and the Mariners, and uh, I know fans are a little bit uptight here in Seattle right now, but I, I would just caution to just take it easy, and that I think things will level out. The Mariners were not a hundred win team, but they're certainly capable of winning ninety. And I think that the A's, uh, they're really driven by their offense. And at some point, I think they're going to start to cool off. They've been averaging five-plus runs a game uh, this uh, the last two months. I don't think that's going to hold up. I think they're a good offensive team. They'll probably uh, regress a little bit. And the Mariners will they'll start scoring more than three runs a game. And, and uh, I think it'll be a tight race. But uh, at this point, I'd give the edge to the Mariners right now. It's amazing when you look at the A's and their rotation in particular, all the injuries they've had, that has not gone to plan with their rotation, yet they've managed to overcome it so far. It's been impressive. Yeah, they're, you know, when you look at them, they're, they're, they're basically giving up about the same number of runs a game throughout the season. 
Um, but you're right, they've just all kinds of uh, guys they brought in. Uh, Edwin Jackson, I guess, is the last guy they brought in. Who, you know, who, where did he come from? And suddenly he's pitching like Cy Young. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think they do have a few more resources to go get another guy. Uh, but, yeah, it's really their offense that's driving them. They have about eight guys that have an on-base percentage above the league average right now, while the Mariners have four or so. And so that's a big deal. They're able to put guys on base, and, and the more – uh, runners on base, the more pressure you put on the opposing pitcher, the more likely you're going to score runs. And so, if, like like I said, for right now they're they're running hot, but I think you'll see them cool off here in, 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 the, in the near future, just like every team, just like the Mariners cooled off. You've been writing about and following the deadline as closely as anyone, and we've seen some action already with Britain going to the Yankees. What are some of your expectations as we near the deadline just a handful of days away? I think you're going to see a lot of relief pitchers move. Uh, there's really not a lot of great starting pitching options unless you can find a controllable player that a team is willing to trade. But, like, take the Twins, for example. So maybe they maybe they sell, maybe they don't. They're not likely to trade Kyle Gibson, for instance. He's he's uh, he's under team control for another year. So if you're going to sell, they're not, they're not going to move a guy like that. And I think as you look across the league, that's what you're going to find. The, the, you know, the potential, uh, you know, the rental players, most of them, they have some baggage. They're not necessarily as good as, uh, you know, or they would, would represent a, a uh, upgrade for the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Matt Harvey, you know, where does he fit? Number five in the Mariners rotation. He's not really an upgrade. Uh, uh, Cole Hamels, he's a big name, but he hasn't pitched like one lately. Is, is he really worth, you know, expending resources on? And as you go through them all, there's really not a lot of guys available. So I think you're going to see teams like the Yankees. The Yankees already had a a stout bullpen so what do they do they add another guy to it just shorten the game it helps them out instead of overpaying for a guy that may or may not be able to help them so and their team obviously they could really use a starter as well of course you go down the list I mean just about every team I guess outside of Houston and Cleveland could probably add a starter to their wish list right and of course the uh the Red Sox picked up Nathan Evaldi today Um, and he was uh, he was probably the best uh, rental mm-hmm. of all the rentals out there, and uh, yeah, it's going to be difficult for teams. I like Kevin Gaussman I, in my yeah, uh, yeah. piece. I, I mentioned Kevin Gaussman. My my dream guy would be Seth Lugo because he could help the Met Mariners right now, like he is with the Mets. He's pitching uh, he's pitching relief, but he's also made four or five starts for them, and so he's a guy that could fill in the gaps when you, you know when Paxton's out or or if they have to spot Felix or, or whatever's going on. If somebody else we need to spot Mark go a little bit he's the kind of guy who could do that but he also could pitch a couple innings and you know uh, of relief like he did last night he pitched two innings last night for the Mets in, in a save situation so uh, of course he would be my dream Kyle Gibson I mentioned him earlier he would be a nice option too but again I suspect the twins are not going to give up on him and I know uh, John Morosi mentioned uh, Matthew Boyd some time ago but I think he's under team control of yeah. 2022 and so if you're the Tigers I mean, you have to expect you're going to be competitive by 2022. So why would you know why would you trade a guy who might be your future ace? So it's it's difficult, as Jerry Depoto always points out. Is you know the pitching store sometimes it's open and sometimes there's not much on the shelf. Right. And right now there's not really that much on the shelf uh, to get. He is shown to be very creative in situations like this. We've been surprised at some of the names that have come over. I, I enjoyed your article what, a couple weeks ago where you had a pretty exhaustive list. But I guess with this organization, we never really know, right? 
Right, and it's, it's it's sort of fun to try to guess. You know, it's, it's sort of a point of pride for me if I can actually have a guy on my list that he picked, and maybe yeah. that's why the list is so long. If I just name everybody, I'll be <laughs> right. You know, although I have to admit, I wouldn't have named Marco Gonzalez last year. I've always liked Mike Leak, and I thought he was a good fit. I think I see him, I think I've said this to you before, I see him as a, a younger Hisashi Iwakuma, uh, you know, sort of uh, that kind of guy. But, uh, yeah, you never know. He's very innovative, and uh, he has a very smart staff, and, and they'll, they'll come up with good ideas, and, uh, and hopefully they can make the deal. You've got, you got to have a partner that wants to make the deal, and so hopefully they can find somebody that's willing to work with them. Speaking of Marco, how surprised have you been at the season he has put together so far? Well, I'm not surprised by the talent. I guess, I guess I'm just surprised he's this good. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick. Uh, but to come along so strongly after difficulties last year, it is a big surprise. I didn't see that. I think now, of course, the, the challenge will be to make sure they don't overuse them and, and keep them fresh. Because if, you know, if you're the Mariners, you're a Mariners fan, you certainly want to pitch well into October. You don't want to just get a wild card game. You want to you want to get into a series, and you're going to need starting pitching. You have to have at least three to get through the early stages, and probably four to win or get to the World Series. So, but yeah, Marco's a it's a nice surprise, and uh, it's a good news story, you know. And so, uh, who saw that coming? Yeah, exactly. You know, I was thinking about it during the All Star break too, about where this roster is now, as compared to a couple of years ago. And I couldn't help watch the All Star game and see Hanniger and Segura both in the game and coming over in the same trade. When you think about the roster and what the Mariners have done to transform it the last couple of years, how big was that trade? That was enormous. You know, anytime, you know, I think I may have said it at the time, how often do you get two position players in a trade anymore? It's, it's yeah. very, very difficult to do that. And, you know, certainly Segura had a, had a track record, and, and there was a little bit of, a, you know, the hope theory with, with Hanniger, and obviously he's, he's panned out the way Jerry Depoto and his staff believed he would, but that's absolutely enormous. And it really sort of goes back to the pitching thing. If you're looking from the flip side, you know, it's, it's, uh, if you're a team that's going to trade a, a controllable pitcher, you know, like uh, for a controllable pitcher, you may have to give up some major league talent, and that's what the uh, Diamondbacks had to do to get Taiwan Walker. They had to give up Gene Segura, and then they had to give up a prospect. Uh, uh, Mitch Hanniger to, to make the deal happen, and so that's why it's tough, I believe, in, in the in the season to make those kind of deals because co uh, contenders don't want to give anybody off the roster to uh, to to get get a pitcher. We've been obviously talking about the Mariners and A's so much as the A's are getting closer and closer. What we kind of haven't been focusing on is the Red Sox have really opened up their lead in the East. The Yankees have struggled a little bit. Sanchez back on the DL, of course. They had Britain, that certainly helps the cause, but coming into play yesterday, the Mariners four games back of the Yankees. Are the Yankees gettable for either the Mariners or the A's? Well, I think it'll be challenging, but I, I wouldn't say it's impossible. You know, that's famous last words, but uh, <laughs> you know, somebody will remind you of those words. It'll be tough. They have the resource. They have a lot of young players, and so I guess there's always an uncertainty with some young players, you know, how Gleyber Torres, he's on a deal right now. No, actually, I think they reactivated him today. But, you know, how are the young guys, Andrew Har, and how, how are they going to play out as the season goes on? Uh, but uh, they're going to be kind of, kind of tough to catch. I'm sure they're still – we don't know what else they're going to do by the deadline. Yeah. Um, they certainly would like to add a starting pitcher from what I understand, and we'll see how that plays out. But uh, uh, it's going to be tough. I wouldn't say it's out of the question. They play uh, – they play the Yankees three times, Mariners do, in, in September, so you never know. Maybe the series will have an implication on the wild card That's race. That's true. 
No, a lot to look forward to. Luke, it's so great to see you in person. Thanks for stopping by. It's my pleasure. Thanks a lot, Gary. Anytime. Now, Aaron Goldsmith with Nelson Cruz. Nelly, you provided one of the great moments in All-Star Game history, and surprisingly, it had nothing to do with a home run or your bat. What do we got here? We got a little photograph, Joe West and Nelson Cruz behind the plate right now. That's awesome. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Nelson Cruz and Joe West, and then he just put his phone back in his pocket. Take us back to Miami, 2017. You're walking to the plate, and you have something special in your back pocket. How did all of this come about? Well, um... I tried to do that in 2013 in New York, and uh, and that I bought. I was thinking, and that time I was thinking to do it with the first baseman. When I get the first baseman, I will take the pitcher, and I take my phone, my first bat, and I ground out the second base. So I came back to the dugout and I left my phone because I gotta play defense. So my next bat, I forgot to to take it, and then I end up walking. <laughs> So, I guess it was this, the past year, 2017, was more like, uh, more TV, it was more open, you know, if you win or we lost, you know, even it wasn't that important, so, like, I think this should be the year to take a picture with the umpire. <laughs> so, just in case I don't get on base. <laughs> so, that's how I make the call. But, um, I remember in that game, like in BP, I was telling everybody, like, even the coaches, I would take a picture with the umpire. No, no, nobody, I was like, no, you don't got to do it. Nobody believe it until, like, oh, yeah, he's doing it. <laughs> Come on. Was that a, was that a, somebody just take a picture? Yeah, Cruz brought up his phone. And, no uh, way. Wants a picture with Joe West. So, it, it makes him even more special with Joe, you know. He's one of the oldest and really characteristic umpire, you know, so. It definitely played out good, you know, and um, it come out that, you know, you bring a lot of respect for the umpires, especially uh, Joe. He's one of the oldest one, and um, so everybody knows Joe. And it come out pretty good, you know. Um, fans like it. He likes it. So, like you said, it was one of the memorable uh, moments on, on All-Star. What did you say to Joe, and what did Joe say to you? <laughs> I asked him, Nelly, can I take a picture with you? Joe was like, shut up, Nelly. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm, I'm serious. I'm like, no way. <laughs> so I give the phone to, I was thinking about, like, I would tell him, about, like, oh, what, what should I do? Because the batting glove, it wasn't going to come out pretty good. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give it to Jaddy. <laughs> and then finally, when I give it to him, he was like, we're doing this. <laughs> so, yeah, I wish I can give it to Jaddy. come up pretty natural, you know, like, he's down and he, he, find the best angle to take the picture too. <laughs> now was there something said between you and Joe about which one of you was older or which one of you has been in the game longer? It sounded like that might have been discussed. 5,000 games. guys in the game. <laughs> yeah, um, that, he always mess around like, oh, you're the oldest guy in the team, you know, like, you're the, he, he called like, oh, you're the oldest guy in the field. Like, I don't think I'm the oldest, you're the oldest guy in the field. <laughs> so, we always go back and forth. Joe West doesn't know. He doesn't really know <laughs> doesn't what to do. He doesn't know if it was a joke or yeah. if it was serious right now. He's kind of got this look. He's smiling now, though. Molina was happy to oblige as the photographer. Did Yachty or Molina have any idea that this was coming? No, he had no idea. Only the guys in my dugout and coaches and few few of the players. What's the best reaction that you've gotten from anyone 
after taking that photograph and it becoming as viral and as big of a deal as it did become? Well, I think after the game, everybody was asking for the picture. The media, everybody was asking for the picture. So, all right, let's see it. You've got the photo in your pocket. Oh, here it is, right here. Oh, that's nice. Suitable. There you go, Joe. Baseball history. Suitable for framing. I even we make a, a painting in, in Houston, and uh, Joe signed it. Uh, Jody signed it. And I signed it too, and I sent a copy to Joe, so he had the copy of that. Now explain this. There, somebody looked at the photograph and did a painting of it, and then the, the two of them signed it as well. Yes, yes. Jody signed it also. So, so is there only one copy, and Joe has it, or are there multiple copies of the painting? I had the original one. Okay. And I sent a copy to Joe. So he has it. Well, it is one of the great moments in All-Star Game history, one we will never forget, and we were so glad that it happened in a Mariners uniform. Yeah, definitely. It was it was a blessing. You know, we got a good ending. Also, we win the game, and Robbie won the MVP. So definitely all around, it was accessible to All-Star. Well, congrats on being an All-Star again this season, Nelly, for the sixth time. Thank you for the time. Thank you. And another great piece from Josh Kearns. All over the Safeco Field landscape, young talent abounds. You've likely heard Katie Segoyan before. There's fast, faster, and then there's D. Gordon. But you've never heard her like this. Batting second, shortstop, number two, Jean Segura. Well, that is until last Friday when Katie made her Safeco Field debut pinch hitting for public address announcer Tom Hutler. Batting fourth, designated hitter, number 23, Nelson Cruz. The longtime Seattle area voiceover artist first came to the attention of Mariners Brass when she auditioned to record a series of M's radio spots and got the gig. There's nothing quite like a ballpark view. And when you come to a Mariners game, there are amazing views everywhere Those spots you look. sparked an idea and led to a recent invitation by Mariners marketing director Greg Green to come on down to Safeco Field. And I had no idea why he was inviting me here. Uh, and he invited me to his office and they said, hey, do you want to come to the control room and see what your voice sounds like, you know, in the, in the system? And I was like trying to play it so cool. And I was like, sure. And I come up and they put me on the microphone and then they kind of gestured to the PA script and said, you know, why don't you give it a shot? And I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. And so I just kind of flew blind and kind of got into it. And that was like really my foray into the ballpark. And then it turned into, uh, hey, well, would you be interested in coming and shadowing, you know, you know, Tom Hutler and, and seeing how it actually happens game day. And I said, yeah, that would be extremely helpful, you know, to kind of get an idea of how it works on game day in the control room. It turns out the M's were looking for someone to spell Tom when he needed a night off. She sounds great. She has a great enthusiasm that cuts through uh, both on the radio and then when we brought her out to the ballpark to, to give her a, a tryout, it uh, definitely printed well here at Safeco Field. Ladies well. and gentlemen, your Seattle Mariners! And as we chatted Friday night before her major league debut at Safeco Field, Katie admitted there were some jitters. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great way to put it. <laughs> Shaking in my chair. No, I, I'm really excited. The, everybody that I've interacted with has been so cool, so supportive. It's been an amazing environment to be in. I was really nervous coming into the control room not being you know a part of everything for a long time and kind of getting thrown into everything uh but everyone's been so welcoming and you know i just kind of go back to the script i watch tom do his thing and there's no one better to be under than to watch him kind of just fly and he, he's such a he's so natural at it so it's really been a, a huge honor but yes i i do have a little bit of nerves but i'm sure everybody does <laughs> well now tom being so iconic uh I, I take it you don't try and copy him 
or or be anything like. I mean, you got you have to be Katie. Yeah, I, you know, I who could copy him? Exactly what you said. He's so iconic. There's there's no copying. I have my voice, and my voice is always going to be my voice. You know, and so I'm just gonna do my own spin on it. You know, and just introduce our guys like the way they deserve. How big a Mariners fan are you? I'm a huge Mariners fan. I moved here in the 90s from California. So, like, I grew up in the era of, you know, Edgar Martinez and Ken Griffey, you know, Jade Buhner, everything. And, you know, and, like, I went to games at the Kingdom. And so, I mean, this is huge. I'm, I'm a huge Mariners fan. And to be here, I said, I was telling them, when I got into the control room, it's sort of this incredible view. And when you look at the scoreboard, it's almost like you forget everything you've ever known because it's just so breathtaking. So I'm, I am so excited. Today, we are proud to welcome back some of the most regal fans in baseball, the denizens of the King's Court. There's an art to doing it, uh, you know, doing public address announcing, and, you know, it's done different ways in different ballparks. Um, and Tom has such a, a beautiful, rich, iconic voice that's been in the marketplace for so long, and uh, we all recognize and associate with Mariners baseball. But, you know, Katie's going to take it and, and make it her own, and, um, definitely uh, put a, a fresh coat of paint on her. What instructions do you give her? What do, what do you, you know, what's what's the assignment for Katie? Uh, have fun, pronounce everybody's name right. <laughs> she did just that Friday night and a whole lot more, even with Tom looking over her shoulder. Uh, you'll see if, when you first see the left field come up is when he can start, because it takes a while for the outfielders to get into the camera's range out there. She did awesome. I think I'm probably gonna be retiring soon. <laughs> Yes, I, it was just a subtle way to ease me out, I think. But, no, she's awesome. I mean, great voice, great presence. Sounds awesome. Really good. You couldn't ask for a bigger vote of confidence. And Katie hopes that encouragement will spread to other women and girls that share her love of baseball. I just feel like I'm going to do my best to represent women. And in sports, we are huge sports fans. You know, I grew up in, in, in a male-dominated family, and I wasn't raised any differently. And I think I kind of walked through my life that way. And, you know, you take a look at the, at the ballpark, and, you know, half the people here are women. So I am, I am really honored to be able to represent that, you know? And, um, you know, for all the little girls in there, you know, who knows what they're going to think when they hear a woman's voice. And that's really an exciting thing. I'm, I'm really, really honored. And pitching number 34, Felix Hernandez. For the Mariners Sunday Magazine, I'm Josh Kearns reporting.